The following is a special presentation from Pastor Joanne Ramsey and Speak the Word Ministries. We trust God's Word will bless you as you listen to this message. Here's Pastor Joe. You know, it tells us in Isaiah 26.3 in the New Living Bible, it says, You will keep him in perfect peace, all who trust in you, all, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And, and I want you to understand that. He said he will keep you in perfect peace, the ones that have their hearts and minds, state, you know, and their thoughts on him. Not, not fixed on the news media, nor to Facebook or the newspapers, but fixed on him, our Father. Saints, Isaiah's prophecies were given to urban dwellers whose neighboring cities at that time were captured, were being captured by the Azarines, and whose own city would soon be overrun by the Babylonians. They had an urgent need for a strong city, and their situation invites us today, tonight, to identify our own pressing needs and the threats that has been staged against us. Much like the situation that we're all facing today as we're coming out of the darkness and back into the light again. I understand that we are coming out. I don't know. I heard somebody say this is phase one. I don't know if it's phase one or phase two. I, I've been at home now for the last almost three months, <laughs> except for ministering, <laughs> you know, and so I don't know. But I would like to say this right up front before I even start preaching. Uh, I, I'm not going to be looking at my Facebook anymore. So, except for my ministry Facebook, I will not receive any attachments or messages that anybody sends me. I will not respond to them. So, I'm tired. I am just, I don't know about you listening, but I'm, I'm up here with it. You know, there's so many people that take it lightly and making jokes about it. And then there's those that are just prophesying doom and hell and damnation. And like I said, I've had it up to here. And I told my husband tonight, I said, I've had it. I'm not, I'm not going there anymore. I'm not going there anymore. I'm just going to listen to the Lord, and I'm going to follow what He tells me. And I said, if I die, I die. If I live, I live. But I'm, I'm, I'm not going there anymore. I'm not going to be held in bondage anymore. I'm going to go about my daily chores, my daily work, preaching the Word. If they want to cancel me, that's good. But I'm going to go about my daily work, preaching and, and pe teaching the Word. And teaching the word. And also, we all must turn to the Lord for hope that only He can provide. Our Father is the only one that can provide us with this hope. And as I was preparing this message, the Lord gave me a revelation of what Satan's target is with this COVID 19 virus. And as you know, Satan never has, does anything without a purpose. The Lord revealed to me that Satan's target primarily with this virus is anyone over 50. People in their 60s, 70s, 80s, and on up. And you might ask, well, Pastor Joe, why is that? Well, I tell you, because they are the most vulnerable. It is the older group that he is targeting, the ones that so many people don't think matters. As a matter of fact, some of you don't even think you matter. But even some... But the Lord wants you to know that you do matter. You matter more than any influence force on this planet. But he also wants you to know that you are the very ones who can bring the next spiritual awakening that will allow this world in darkness to behold the glory of God through the one source. He intends to reveal it. And that is his family. That's his body, the church of the living God. And we have to understand, saints, that we are blood-bought, born again, baptized by the Holy Spirit into a relationship with the living God, connected to one another as the living body of Christ. 
to reveal the glory of Christ to this world that, uh, that's, that's, bland, that's been blinded by the gods of this world and deception. This disease today that we're trying to deal with and trying to understand, saints, you must understand that it's a visible manifestation of what's happening in the invisible realm of the Spirit. It's the deceiver. It's the destroyer. He's attacking the kingdom purpose of God through His church and through your lives. And we're allowing Him to do that, I might ask. Why do you think that they have been so bent on keeping the churches closed while they allow all other business to open? Think about that. Satan is determined to begin by taking out the source of people that can more clearly and readily with excitement receive the truth of God. This group that he has targeted, the elders, the older group, also control the over and oversee the resources necessary to take the gospel kingdom to the ends of the earth. Not just in words, folks, but in demonstration. He wants to take out this special group of people who can first and foremost hear the Father's heart and hear His voice and to do His will. Brothers and sisters, you are seeing this awful virus, a visible manifestation of the work and the intentions of the deceiver, the destroyer. And that's why Satan wants to take out this special group. Because the older group understands truth more clearly. They have a historical life perspective where they can look and see and they can remember the things that happen according to the will and the principles of God and the foundation of His Word and His unshakable truths. Yes. This older generation knows what it is to understand the importance of hearing what Jesus said and doing it. He tells us to be you doers of the Word, not only hearers only. But I, I think that, anyway, I'll get there later. But building a house that the storm cannot shake because it is established on the rock. Hallelujah. Help us, Lord God, to come together in supernatural unity. One of the things that Jesus prayed for that is so critical for the awakening is a supernatural unity. As Pastor Larry was teaching on that subject some this morning about having love one for another and coming together in unity. And John 17, 20, it says, my, Jesus prayed. He said, my prayer is not for them alone, Jesus said. He said, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Verse 21 says that all of them may be one, just as you and I, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Hallelujah. Saints, we are going to have to focus on caring for the older people who are most vulnerable. The church is going to have to come together in unity and reveal to the world of darkness the beauty of God's love. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Through His body of believers to be together like the family that our Father has always wanted and always longed for. We need to pray and ask the Lord to help us to understand that we are a chosen generation and to allow His kingdom will to be accomplished through us. To be accomplished through us. In 1 Peter 2, 9 in New King James, it says, But you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. His own special people, that you may, pro that, that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Hallelujah. And brothers and sisters, we cannot allow the deceiver and the destroyer to destroy God's kingdom purpose in our individual lives, in our families, and in our church. 
Are you hearing me? You're going to have to take a stand. Our Father will protect us. We are putting more faith in the abilities of Satan than we are putting in the abilities of God our Father. And he does not have the power to do what he deceives us in believing. Only God has this power. Only God, our Father, the living God, is the only one that has this power. And we have got to stand up and start giving in, stop giving in to it. And we need to pray for a spiritual awakening that the world is so des- that so desperately needs. God will give us, saints, God will give us the wisdom and God will give us the directions and the opportunity to be a healing bomb in a very sick world and see the miracle of His unconditional love. In Jeremiah 8.22 it says, Is there, a, is there no bomb in Gilead? Saints, Jesus is truly the bomb of Gilead for all the hurting people. Praise the Lord. But first we must all stop pointing fingers. We're pointing at the Democrats and the Republicans and the global and the this and the that. And, and it's not doing us any good. It's not their fault. It is in a way because they're allowing themselves to be moved around like puppets. But it's Satan that's working through them. He's a spirit and he works through you. Just like God is a spirit and he works through us to do good. He works through us if we allow him to, to do the evil that he wants us to do. We must get a revelation that this battle is not with flesh and blood, but with the darkness and the principalities of this world. Are you hearing me? We forget sometimes that we, because of all these things that we keep hearing and everything, we keep, we keep pointing our fingers and thinking at certain groups, but God tells us in His Word that it's, it's with the flesh and blood. But with the, it's not with the flesh and blood, but it's with the darkness and the principalities of this world. According to Ephesians 6.12 in the Brian Bible, it says, For our struggle is not against fresh, flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the world of darkness, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Satan is the one who is using the people to do his bidding, getting us to blame one another, playing us like puppets against each other. And saints, if we don't wake up, I'm telling you, if we don't wake up, we're going to be like the armies in 2 Chronicles 20, where the armies came to battle against Jehoshaphat. However, after seeking the Lord for guidance, the Lord God had all these armies come against each other and killed each other. The Bible said there are not one of them survived. And I want you to know that's Satan's purpose. That's what Satan wants us to do. He wants us to kill each other off. As I said, he's playing us like puppets. But we're going to have to do what Jehoshaphat did when an alliance of the Moabites and the Ammonites attacked without warning. Jehoshaphat gathered the entire nation together and had them to fast and pray. Not only did the heads of the household seek the Lord, but they were all joined by their wives, even the small children. And speaking of the young people, so many of our younger generation has been taught against the ways of the Lord. Not all of them, thank God. But however, a vast majority of them had fallen for the lies of Satan because Satan has released his demonic forces, influences into our schools, into our colleges, and through the TV programs that they produce in Hollywood. Satan has been working on our young people for the several, last several generations. His focus, was turning, his focus was on turning our children and our grandchildren to his way of thinking, deceiving them with his lies. Now the target is a different group. 
Now he is targeting the older generations, those founded in their faith. He is attacking the most vulnerable, our elders, men and women of God that are teaching and preaching the word of God. Think about that, how he targeted the babies when he tried to kill Jesus. In Matthew 2, 16, in New Living Bible says, Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. And verse 17 said, Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. The murdered babies of Bethlehem and the scattered exiles of Israel shared a common bond. In both cases, innocent people suffered as a result of the proud, ungodly acts of the powerful. This is what's happening now. We are suffering because of all the ungodly acts of the powerful, the ones that's making the decisions, whether it's the governors or the, or, or the whatever party or whatever's going on. We are the ones that's suffering. Our lives have been coming to a halt. But let's not forget, brothers and sisters, about how Satan also targeted the babies again in Exodus 1.15 in a New Living Translation, how Pharaoh wanted the male babies dead because he knew that they may grow up to fight against him. Why do you think that he's trying to take us out? Why do you think he's targeting the older group, the elder people? It's because he has already brainwashed so many of our younger generations to think like him. And the ones that's left standing, the older ones, there's still some that's fallen for his lies, but there's more chances of a revival and the reawaken and, and awakening coming with our older people are people that are more in tune to hear the voice of the Lord, to know what His heart is. And so He's targeted us. I'm one of them. Me too. <laughs> Probably a lot of us in here are over 50. Not me, but most of you are. <laughs> 39, 39, 39. <laughs> you know, He talks about how Pharaoh wanted the male baby's dead because he knew that they may grow up and fight against him. They want us out of the way. But that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm going to fight to the very end. But it says he allowed the girls to live because he was sure that he could find a use for them. It says in Exodus 1.15, it says, says, uh, says Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave orders to the midwives and said to them, When you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, watch as they deliver. If they have a boy, kill him. If it is a girl, let her live. And verse 17 says, But because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders. They allowed the babies to live. We're going to have to have a group that's going to stand together and refuse to bow down to a lot of this stuff that's going on. Because if we don't bow down, if we don't, I'm telling you, they're going to just continue. And, and it's going to get worse. It's not going to get better. It says, so God was good to the midwives and the Israelites continued to multiply, growing more and more powerful. And my prayer tonight is all those that are in here and all those that are listening online will gather together in forces, become, you know, come united in one and serve the living God and do as he is, do his bidding and, and, and stop acting like we have no power, like we have no authority. 
when we are really very powerful because we have the living God living on the inside of us. We have that same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead living on the inside of us. There's no need for us to be fearful. As a matter of fact, God has ordered us not to be. He said, fear not. Fear not. Over what? Does it pray 365 times? The man, fear not. Hallelujah. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. I think God is going to favor those who continue to fear Him and put their trust in Him. I think if you're willing to put your trust in God and stand tall, I, I do believe that God is going to bring us through this and we're going to be stronger for the, because of it. And He has promised us that no harm shall come near us. But the only, re, the only way that no harm is going to come be, be against us is if we believe that. But we have to believe that. But he says, I've given you the power and the authority to tread upon the scorpions and the snakes. We don't have to put up with this. And he says, no harm shall come near you. So that's a promise from our father. But he's only going to do that if you're willing to stand and have faith in his abilities. We have to have faith in God's ability. In Exodus uh, 1, says, then Pharaoh gave this, order, gave this order to all the people. He says, throw every newborn Hebrew boy into the Nile River, but you may let the girls live. It says in Exodus 2, 3, that when Moses' mother could no longer keep him hidden away, that she, she, took, she took a basket made of reeds and sealed it with tar and pitch and placed her baby boy in it. And then she wedged the basket among, among the reeds along the edge of the Nile River. And we all know the rest of the story how Moses was rescued by Pharaoh's daughter. And I find, I don't know about you, but I find this story so amazing and how awesome our God is. The very baby, the very male baby that Pharaoh wanted dead ended up being raised in his own home by his own daughter, nursed by his own mother. Hallelujah. You know, this child was destined for greatness, but powerful people wanted him dead. Yet God protected him. I'm telling you, God will protect us. There are many babies today that have been destined for greatness. But Satan is doing his best to take them out before they have a chance to fulfill that destiny. And just as he's try, trying to take the babies out, there, I, I just saw the other day where that um, in some estates have already started uh, giving free abortions. Not only to the Americans, but to the aliens or ever what you call the people that come over. That from other countries, but just uh, offering it for free, and there's millions that are going to die because of it. But you know, a lot of God's people went through similar situations before. We're experiencing something today that we have never experienced in our lifetime before. But you know, back in, in, in the Hitler's days, the people believed them. The people believed them, even when they were putting them on trains and taking them somewhere, that they were taking them to safety. They actually were taking them to kill them. And I've been in those camps myself personally and seen them. And I've seen the graves of hundreds and hundreds of people that they just piles and piles uh, of, of bodies in there because they didn't have room to put them and, and just piles and piles of pictures of, of shoes. Hundreds and hundreds of pairs of shoes and lampshades made out of their skin. Are we going to allow this to happen to us? 
We can't. We can't. And you say, well, Pastor Joe, we, we, we haven't gotten that far yet. Well, some of them thought the same thing. And millions died. And we have some Holocaust Holy, uh, survivors that could probably tell you a whole lot about it. I'm just telling you that the time has come that we have to do something. We can't sit still. And like I told David tonight, I said, I've had it up to here. I'm going to go do what I need to do. If I die, I die. And if I live, I live. But God, I trust him to protect me. I have faith in him. I have faith in the word of God. I have faith in the name of Jesus. And if he says, I'm going to protect you and nothing harm is going to come to you, I believe that's true. I have faith in that. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, as I continue to pray about what the Lord would have me share with you, I believe he would have me speak concerning his return and the signs of the time. I began to think about all the signs that Jesus told us to look for concerning his return. In Matthew 24, 1 through uh, 31, you might want to write that down and read it because I, I don't have time to read the whole, all the scriptures. But I believe that time is very near. I'm not saying that it's here, but I believe it's near. And I believe that the signs speak for themselves. In Matthew 24, 36, in the New Living Bible tells us that no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. Hallelujah. It says that when the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. He said in those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time that Noah entered into the boat. People didn't even realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. And that's basically what happened in Germany. You must be ready all the time. And those of you online tonight listening, if you have not yet accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, now is the perfect time to do it. Yeah. All you have to do is ask the Lord Jesus. The Bible says that anyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So all you have to do is call on the name of the Lord and ask for forgiveness and ask Him to come into your heart and live and just take over your life. Yeah. And He will. And then you'll be part of the kingdom. Then you'll be under his protection. Amen. Hallelujah. He says that people didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. And that is the way he said it will be when the Son of Man comes. But you must be ready. And another, another verse that confirms this is found in Luke 17, verse 28 through 30. It says, And the world will be as it was in the days of Lot. People went about their daily business, eating, buying, selling, farming, and building. Yes, it will be business as usual right up to the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Saints, I do not believe that the Lord has given me this message to frighten you, but only to remind you that He's going to return. And the things you're experiencing here on earth right now, it's only a temporary thing. It's only a temporary thing, the thing that we're facing right now. He even tells you in John 14, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, he said, believe also in me. In John 14, 27, he said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. He said, Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. 
You know, I do realize, brothers and sisters, as there's a lot of stuff going down and there are many things that could tempt you to be fearful, and especially with this coronavirus. However, we just need to remember what the Lord tells us in Psalms 91. One, those who live in the shadow of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And in the voice translation, it says, For He will rescue you from the snares set by your enemies who entrap you, and from deadly plagues. And that includes this coronavirus. It includes that. As a matter of fact, you know, in Deuteronomy talks about uh, uh, how we've been redeemed. Uh, Galatians 3.13 talks about how we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. And the curse of the law has anything to do with sickness, disease, or anything like that. That Jesus bore all that for us. And in Deuteronomy, you know, he said, I think it's in 60, um, 28.65 or somewhere along in there in 66, where he says, uh, even diseases that have not even been listed. Maybe the coronavirus wasn't listed, but he said it's included. So, saints, we can never forget that it's not our battle. God is the one who fights our battles for us. For as long as we're on this earth until Jesus returns, you and I have an enemy. And his name is Satan, Lucifer, deceiver, father of lies. And he is known as the accuser of the brethren, meaning he complains against those that believe in God, according to Revelation 12.10. And he's also known as the God of this world. It says in 2 Chronicles 4, 4 in the New Living Bible, says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. He said they don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. They don't understand that. Saint Satan blinds the minds of unbelievers by masquerading as an angel of light, According to 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, convincing the world that good is evil and evil is good. I might also add that Satan has blinded the eyes of many believers too. The Lord revealed this to me in 2016. But the good news is, Jesus said he saw Satan fall like lightning. Now that's some good news. <laughs> According to Luke 10, 18, Jesus told his disciples, he said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. And behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. So we have been given the power over all, uh, not just a little bit of the enemy, but all of it. But that you only have this power if you believe it and receive it. It's not going to act on itself. You, you, you know, faith, uh, you have to put action with your faith. Faith without action is just, the Bible says, no good. So you just can't sit there and wait for things to get better without you actually doing something to help, help it along. And you, you could start just by posting. If you're going to post something, you could start by posting good things and, and talk about the power and the abilities of God our Father instead of being so fearful and talking about what Satan's doing. He's getting all this publicity, free publicity. And, and, the more, and the more that people do that, the more fearful they become. And the more fearful they become, the, 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 they, they become immobile. They don't, they're, they're, they're afraid of their own shadow. They can't touch anybody, can't hug anybody, can't go see anybody. But that's going to stop at my house. 
But at first I thought he was only talking about just the lost, but a couple of months after that, as I was praying and preparing for another message, he let me know that it was not only the lost that were blind, but also some of those that are born again. Yet yeah, they're still blinded by the lies of the enemy. The word says that the lost are blind because Satan has put blinders on them. But his children, but his children have blinders on when it comes to knowing that because when I when I talk about the believers, a lot of the believers having blinders still on their eyes, it's because they they're it's because they don't know that the power of his word and authority they have through Christ Jesus. And my point is this as long as we're on this earth and until Jesus comes back for us, you and I, we have an enemy. And he's not going away. He's been here for 2,000 years. He's not going anywhere. But the good news is we have authority over our enemy, according to Luke 10, 19. And God favors, and God's favor helps you to win battles that you won't even have to fight because God will fight them for you. He will, fight, he will fight our battles for us. He always has. If we get in the Word and read the Word, we'll see that every battle that was fought, God was right there. And some of them didn't even have to lift a finger. And, they, and, and we know that Satan is an imitator. And so he's Im trying to imitate um, God now when he wiped out all the people in Second Chronicles, you know, so by getting them to come against each other and kill each other. So that's really what Satan's trying to do to us, getting us to... Uh, out of unity one, one another and fighting against one another instead of a coming together in unity where there's, there's power. There's power in unity. But he don't want you to come together. Why do you think he's keeping you out of the church? He don't want you there. And even when they said they could go back, the church people won't come. They, they've said you can come, but they're not coming because they've been frightened. And all, not only become frightened, but they become lazy. Yeah. Tell it like it is. Yeah. <laughs> they are, you know, it doesn't take long for people to form habits. And, and you know, we have been uh, live streaming and all this now for the last two or three months. Our services, most all the churches have been live streaming uh, with less than 10 people in the church. But I mean, as many as want to can go to Lowe's you know, or targets, but can't come to the church, you know. But, or you can drive through. You know, think about that. You drive through the church like you would Hardee's. Leaving your ties and all. Think about that. He has reduced us. He's reduced us to this. Driving through. Being afraid to come to church. And like I said, people are got lazy because they're so used to watching online ministries, they'll watch this service and then they'll watch that service. And then when they finish with that, if they, can't, if they don't do that, they've got their pajamas on, they're just driving over to the other church with their coffee and watch that. It's like going to a drive-in movie. Back in my day, we had drive-in movies where we sat in the car and watched a movie. David said in Psalms 44.3, they did not conquer the land with their swords. It was not their own strong arms that gave them the victory. He says, it was your right hand and strong arm, David said, and the blinding light from your face that helped them. He said, because you loved them. Only by your power can we push back our enemies. 
Only by the power of the living God tonight can we push back our enemies. Only in your name can we trample our foes, he said. I do not trust in my bow. I do not count on my sword to save me. He said, and neither can you trust, and I put down here, and neither can you trust in your own abilities, saints, to save yourself. If you give up, you might as well just let them do what they want to to you. But if you'll continue to fight, God will be right beside of you. He'll be, he'll be before you, beside of you, and behind you. And He will send reinforcements. He'll send you whatever you need. God will send it to you. He says, but the Lord has given you a weapon like no other weapon. His word, your sword, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The power is in the name of Jesus. The power is in that name, in the name of Jesus. Peter said in Acts 3.16, it was faith in the name of Jesus that healed that man. It's faith in the name of Jesus, not only that heals the people, but does anything else. It's faith in that name. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus wants me to let you know that He is here for you and that you're not alone. Saints, God has not changed. In Malachi 3, 6, it says, For I, the Lord, do not change. I change not. In Hebrews 13, 8, He said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Hallelujah. I know in the past few weeks and months we have been going through a trial but we also need to recognize that it is an attack from the enemy trying to confuse us, trying to get us so fearful that we can't focus. Some of us are even paralyzed with fear. And the Bible talks about that in Luke 21, 16, says that men's hearts will fail them because of fear. He said they will fail, you know, your heart will fail you. I, I wouldn't be surprised that when this is over, you know, because of all the fear and the stress, you know, because... A lot of your heart problems we had, I think it was like um, about 900,000 last year that died from heart-related illnesses. And uh, most of that, they say most of the illnesses are brought on by stress. So, so you, you get there, you, you sit there and you feed on, you know, your faith. It, you can build your faith, but you can't build your faith unless you're careful what you listen to and what you watch. If you feed on it, that's where your faith is going to be. And, and you're going to get fearful, you're going to be stressed out, and you're going to, and next thing you know, you're going to be experiencing sicknesses in your body that you can't even explain why they're there. You, it, it, you, your thoughts, you're thinking about that. I, I've only watched just a few minutes here and there, and just that few minutes, I thought, I can't do this. I can't do this, because if I do this, I mean, I, I'm going to be right over there with them. And I want to stay healthy. I don't want to be fearful, and I don't want to be stressed out. One thing that helps me the most is to continue confessing God's Word and not listen to all the things being said on the TV and the news media and the newspapers and on the Facebook and all these other things. For I know that as I magnify Him, that these out-of-control thoughts of fear and fear will be demagnified. So if you focus on God, those thoughts that the enemy is putting in your mind will be demagnified. In Revelations 1.8, it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come. The Almighty, hallelujah. As I've said before, I know that there are a lot of things going on in this world today. And as I've said before, things that causes us to be fearful, things that probably keep you awake at night. As a matter of fact, I did a message uh, not too long ago about, about uh, sleepless nights. Because <laughs> I think a lot of people are staying asleep at night, awake at night. 
And I certainly did not come here tonight to frighten you, but only to remind you again that the, that the God we serve, He neither sleeps nor slumbers. In other words, He is fully aware of what's going on, and I am only a vessel that God uses to proclaim His Word. And I am only one of many that He is using to reassure you that He is watching over you. I'm not the only one that God is speaking through and using. He is using many, many, many other pastors and ministers, men, women, all, to preach the gospel, and, and he, he speaks through them. You need to remember that God is a God of battles. He's a man of war. He's called the Lord of hosts. That is the Lord of armies. And every Christian is at war. There is never an ending struggle against Satan and his kingdom. There's never, it, it never stops. Satan would like nothing better than take you out. 1 Peter 5, 8 tells you that. He roams around. He's roaming around every day looking for him, that, for those that he might devour. So that means that everybody, he can't devour everybody. Because he's looking for those that he can. And the ones that he can devour are those that are fallen for Satan's lies, his lies, listening to the fake, false, the fake news and, and all these other things that get posted every day, the numbers. And then you might ask yourself, What's the source of this stuff? Where is it coming from? You know, don't, don't just believe something. You know, we, we, are, we are so uh, programmed to believe everything we see and hear. If it's on TV, it's got to be true. That might have been true one time 100 years ago when TV first came out. But it hasn't been true in many, many years. If it's on there, you can bet it ain't true. Pretty much. In Ephesians 2, 6, it says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, far above the darkness and the principalities of this world. Brothers and sisters, you can't focus on the destruction that the enemy is bringing against God's elect. He is using these things to distract you from your true destiny. Remember, our battle is a spiritual battle. And God does have a plan and a purpose for your life. So don't let the devil cheat you out of yours. And you must continue to wield the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Begin in speaking and decreeing God's Word over your life, over your job, over your health, and over your family. Job twenty two twenty eight says, You shall decree and declare a thing, and it shall be. So we need to decree and declare and stop letting the devil steal from you. And boldly declare to the devil and hell that you will not be held down by this coronavirus or any other arrows that he throws your way. And if you believe in the power of your words, they will come to pass. If you do not believe in the power of your words, they won't come to pass. It sounds simple, doesn't it? But it's not. You're right, though. It is really simple. Mark eleven twenty three said, Whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and doubts not in his heart, but believes what he says, he will have whatsoever he says. So it's really all about believing what you say and having faith in your words. Amen. And faith in the name of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is in your boat. You are not alone. You have never been alone. I know there's times when I feel like I'm alone, but I know that I'm never alone. 
I know that God is always with me. And even tonight, I said, you know, Lord God, I, Father God, I don't always feel your presence. Uh, I would like to feel it 24 hours a day. But I don't always feel your presence. But I know that you're always here. It's not whether I feel it. Your presence, uh, me, your presence being here is not based on what I feel. It's just a fact that your word says you are. So if your word says you'll never leave me nor forsake me and that you're with me always, you have to be. He has to be with us always. Just think about that. He lives in you. He lives in you. The Father, Son, and the Holy, po uh, Holy Ghost lives on the inside of us. So you can't go anywhere. If you're a born-again child of God, you can't go anywhere without Him being with you. Amen. You may not feel that He's with you, but He is. And I, do, I found out, too, that if I'll begin talking, if I'll just begin praying and, and, and uh, speaking His Word and, and uh, praying, then pretty soon I'll begin to feel His presence. And he, like, he just appears you know and you can just feel like a blanket you know around you i know i was going down the other morning in my prayer time that I, I was praying and i just began to pray in the spirit and i i didn't feel any more spiritual than nothing <laughs> some mornings you don't wake up feeling very spiritual spiritual but you know and i went into my prayer closet and i thought well i don't know why i'm going in here i don't feel like praying I don't feel like talking to the Lord. I don't feel your presence. Uh, but I go anyway. By faith, we do what we do. Yeah. By faith, we pray. By faith, we receive. Yeah. So if we go in there and start praising Him, put on a little praise and worship music, begin to praise the Lord, begin to talk to Him, and begin to thank Him for who He is, and begin to thank Him for all these good things that He does in your life every day. And just thank Him for you, you know, thank you, God, for my family. Thank you, God, for keeping them safe. Thank you that you hear my prayers always, that you always answer me, Father. Thank you that whether I, whether I feel your presence or not doesn't matter, because I know you're here. Thank you, Lord, that you've given me, you know, free reign. You know, you can even send, you know, even the angels. You even have your angels in here with me this morning, because they're always there. We can't see them. The angels are in here today. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews... I think it's Hebrews 1.13. He says that he has sent his angels as ministering spirits to minister for, not to. Some people say it's two, but if you read the Bible, it says four. That, <laughs> I used to think it was two, <laughs> that minister to, but it says that his angels are sent as ministering spirits to minister for those that would be saints. So they're here to minister to us. They're here to help us. And I can't name the times that he has stepped in. You know, the angels have rescued me from hurting myself when I, maybe I slipped. My foot slipped or a car almost hit me or, or whatever, you know, and it just slid right past. And you'd wonder, and I've had, him, I've had the angels appear that where they were like, um, if I, I don't know how it happened. I just know that, I just know that he did it. And it was like an, a, a blink of an eye that this car was going to hit me. Uh, this was several years back in North Carolina. The car was coming at me and was going to hit me. And I said, oh, Lord. And the next thing I know, that car was uh, that in front of me and I was behind it. Wow. In the blink of an eye. Wow. Impossible. It looked impossible. To this day, I don't know what happened. I don't know how it happened. Because he was coming out of the side road. He wasn't even on the road. 
But, and and uh, I couldn't slow down enough to keep him from hitting me. But like I said, in the blink of an eye, he was in front of me and I was behind him doing about 50. <laughs> and you, you're just shaking your head, you know. <laughs> you know, God is looking out for us. You know, it's like, you know, people say, uh, you know, I hit a, uh, right after I got my new car back in 2007, got me, I had always wanted a sports car. And so I got me a Jaguar and a well, little cat on the front of it. <laughs> and I, I was coming down Interstate 40 and I was listening to praise and worship music and, and all of a sudden the Lord impressed upon me to look that way and I looked and I saw this deer and I, some of you may have heard this I saw this deer and, and I knew in my spirit that he was coming that the Lord uh, warned me that he's coming and, and so I must have been driving it was on the interstate so I must have been going at least 70 or 75 I mean I, I, mean, I don't speed too much but <laughs> I, I'm a little heavy-footed. And, um, and, and so when I saw him, I began to slow down. But I couldn't slow down enough not to hit him. I hit him. He hit me, or I hit him. Uh, anyway, he came up. He came up across my hood. Slid up across the hood, and I saw something silver. And he slid across my windshield. And his fur, I saw his fur go across my windshield. And, and, and I continued to, you know, I was trying to stop then. I come to a stop, and, and I went looking for the deer. And I couldn't find the deer. And there was no damage done to my car. The only damage that was done was my cat. <laughs> was the Jaguar. When he hit it, he came across and he popped it loose. And uh, that was the silver that I saw go, go across my windshield. And I found that laying beside the road, and I picked it up. And naive as I am, I thought that maybe all they could do was just glue it back. But um, <laughs> they, it broke the cable, so they had to put a new one on. But my point is, we're not alone. We're not alone. God has his angels watching over us all the time. We were born with an angel, and then he has other angels around us, and they never leave us. They never leave us.